of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 8. Well, let's start with 7. But what things were gained to me? Now, I know that's Paul writing, but would you put yourself there? What things were gained to Rick Abbott, to Norm Heiler? Jordan Ingalls, Stuart Churchill, Mike Glover. Those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. Not a few, not some. No, Paul said, I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Do count them but dung that I may win Christ. And then be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. but that which is through the faith. Oh, God. You you may be seated. Brother Walker, I esteem you as my elder. Yeah. But should God tarry till March, I will be in my last year of the decade of the 70s. 79. How'd this happen? (laughs) Brother Walker, come on, share. (laughs) Wow. Brother Rick, next year will be 40 years. I first met you and Sister Phoebe. 40 years. I've been in the ministry over 60 years. Over 60 years. I was raised in a pastor's home on the day I was born. My great-grandfather on my mother's side 
was a Lutheran minister in Norway. My grandfather came to the United States as a young man, settled in the Twin City area of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and was rapidly on his way to becoming a, just a drunk. And one night, half drunk, he wandered into a tent meeting not knowing just what it was. But he left that tent meeting that night a new man in Christ Jesus. He became a minister. My dad, upon graduating from high school, had received the call of God in his life. He became a minister. So I'm a fourth generation preacher. Mm. I've been in and around the ministry all of my life. I've had the Holy Ghost over 70 years. Now, Brother Mike, there were times I'll admit that the Holy Ghost didn't really have me. <laughs> Can I get a witness? And as I heard my grandparents, both on my mother's side and my dad's side, talk about the soon coming of the Lord, Sister Glover, My grandpa Churchill, in the den of his house, there was a fireplace. Near the fireplace, he had a rocker. And oh, the times. I'd walk through the den, and my grandpa, after a hard day's work, would settle in that rocker. He'd put his leg over one of the arms and start rocking and start singing. Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the sky. My, oh, my. So many, many years ago. I've heard it all my life. You, many of you, Brother Mike, you've heard it all your life. How old are you now? 48. Sister Glover, but oh, Brother Norm, I do feel a stirring in my spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. I said I feel a stirring in my spirit. Yes. Amen. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. Amen. God's got his time. He's got his alarm cock set. And friend, it's about to go off, and he's going to point to Gabriel and say, Sound that trumpet. Call my people home. Hallelujah. Oh, if you're here today, 
and you haven't been born again of the water and the spirit, uh, amen, I urge you with everything that is within me. I urge you with all that is within me. Amen. Don't let another opportunity go by that you don't repent. Hallelujah. That you are not baptized in water by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of your sins. Uh, don't leave until you've received the beautiful gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, evidence uh, of speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. Friend, you can talk about it. People can talk about it all they want. Uh, but Jesus said, unless you are born again of water and spirit, uh, you're not even going to see the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I'm so glad. Hallelujah. I said, I'm so glad I've been repented. Uh, so glad I've been buried in his name. Uh, so glad he has sealed me uh, with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and it's just as real today. Uh, it's more powerful today. Uh, it was when I received it uh, as an eight-year-old boy. Right. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. To Peter, he also wrote that in the last days, scoffers would come. We've all seen them. We've all heard them. Where is the sign of his coming? Behold, all things continue as they were from the beginning. I texted friends of mine in Gaithersburg, Maryland this morning. I said, well, it's afternoon there. It's still morning here. <clears throat> it's a little after 9 o'clock, and it's still dark. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> a week from this Thursday? Woo! <laughs> My brother in Minnesota talks about the 21st of December. I told him, you don't know what you're talking about, Dave. Now I lost my train of thought. Oh, well. Mm. But in my humble opinion, in my humble opinion, as far as I'm concerned, I feel two of the greatest needs of the church in this day and age in which we are living. There are probably, I am sure, more than two, but two that really stand out to me are self-denial 
and importunity in prayer. Self-denial. Jesus said it. If, one of the biggest words in the Bible, if any man, you have a choice, Brother Norm, I have a choice. Brother Rick, every day we live, we have a choice. We put our feet out of bed onto the floor, begin to get ready for the day. I have a choice. Who am I going to serve today? Who am I going to look to today? The world or the Lord? It's not difficult, friends. (laughs) Jesus doesn't make it difficult. You don't have to have a Ph.D. in theology, friend. Amen. It's very simple. And Jesus said, if any man would come before me, alongside of me. No, if any man would come after me. First thing, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Oh, I want to follow him today. I said, I want to follow him today. Should he give me tomorrow? I want to follow him tomorrow. Hallelujah. I want to draw closer to him, friend, uh, so that the world sees more of Jesus uh, than it sees of Stuart Churchill. And the only way it happens, friend, first thing is I've got to deny self. The Bible talks about Jesus as being in light, and in him is no darkness at all. And I believe the closer we get to the end of this dispensation, and the closer, (coughs) excuse me, the closer we get to Jesus, uh, the brighter the light. The brighter the light. Many years ago, we were in Delaware and had a Christian school, and my wife and I were involved in that, and got up one morning, the kids were getting ready for for school, and when they came to the breakfast table, I looked at Matt, and he was rubbing his eye, and I said, what's wrong, son? He said, oh, he said, I've got something in my eye. And I looked closer, and his eye was already red, and it was running. And I said to Veda, I said, honey, come on. And we got him under our kitchen light. And I held his eye open, and we looked and looked. Couldn't see a thing. But yet, the eye continued to tear and run, and started to swell and it was very obvious so we took him into the ER and we got back with the ER doctor and Matt was sitting up on that little bed like thing and told him what happened 
And uh, he reached over and drew over this huge, huge light. I mean, it was huge. And then he drew it down close to Matt's face. And he said, now, Matt, I'm going to turn this on. It's going to be very, very bright. So prepared. And he flipped the switch. And when he did, my wife and I were standing there and immediately... In the corner of his eye, we saw this little speck. And the doctor took tweezers or whatever, removed it, and everything was fine. Friend, I'm telling you, we walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen. And we get closer to him, and that light begins to reveal things in our life. That light begins to show up things that we didn't see last week or last month or last year, but suddenly it is there. And as Paul said, you better work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Not worry about somebody else. Well, they're not doing this or they're doing that. Hey, I, I, I can't answer. I've got to answer for Stuart Churchill. And when the light reveals something in my life uh, that says you should not be doing this, you shouldn't be going there, you shouldn't be saying this, uh, get rid of it, friend. Uh, I said get rid of it. Uh, we've got to live a life of self-denial. Thank you. Some would say you're prejudiced. Paul said, Romans 7, 18, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Amen. Friend, we got to realize. <laughs> Amen. If there's any goodness in us, Brother Norm, it's because of God. Hallelujah. Our righteousness is as filthy rags in His sight. Uh, don't try to parade your good works out in front of me today, friend. Uh, no, 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 no. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Without the Holy Ghost... Uh, the flesh is not compatible to the spirit. Uh, in the child of God's life, uh, there's a constant battle between spirit and flesh. Constantly. It's there all the time. So who's winning the fight? Who's winning the fight? I think I probably have told you before. I do not remember the man's name. He was being inducted into the Football Hall of Fame. And he had gone to Ohio State University. And his old mentor, football coach, was Woody Hayes. 
Woody Hayes was speaking at his induction, and he said, I noticed something in this man. Years ago when he played for Ohio State, he said there would be days after practice, hot, sweaty, aching, hurting, can already feel the nice shower and the sauna or whatever. But he said, I noticed this young man at times where we would turn to go down in the tunnel, down into the, underneath the stadium to the locker room. He would stand and look out at that huge stadium where, I don't know, 70, 80,000 people gather to watch the Buckeyes. And he'd just stand there for a few moments and look. And there were times he'd kind of shake his head no, and he'd go back out to the practice field and do whatever they do during their practice. And sometimes a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour later, totally exhausted, he'd come down into the locker room. And one day I asked, I said, well, what do you do? He said, now there were days he'd come and look out at the stadium and go ahead and go down into the locker room. But he said, I asked him, well, why? Why on those days when you look out at the stadium and then you go back to the practice field? He said, coach, I'll tell you. Before I go down to the locker room, I stand there. I look out at that stadium where there'll be thousands of people coming to watch me play football. And I feel a responsibility to those fans. And I ask myself as I'm standing there, am I a better football player today than I was yesterday? He said, sometimes I honestly feel, yes, I've made progress. I, and I'll go down to the locker room. But he said, there are, there are many times I, I stand there, shake my head, and think, no, I, I'm not better. And because of that, I go back out onto the field and work and do whatever I have to do until I feel I'm a better football player. Oh, God, help me uh, at the close of each day, Lord, uh, to take a look at Calvary. Uh, amen. Ask myself the question, am I a better child of God today uh, than I was yesterday? Uh, amen. And sometimes I can feel, yes, let's go to bed. Let's go whatever. But other times, uh, no, I got to go find a place of prayer. Uh, there's other times I got to push the plate away, uh, amen, and seek God's face, uh, amen, until I really feel I'm a better child of God today. Self-denial. Wow. Jesus said... There are only two ways. And notice he said, strive to enter. Strive to enter the straight gate, the narrow gate. For wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to where? Destruction. Many who go in by it because narrow is the gate. Amen. Narrow is the gate. Difficult, one translation puts it. Difficult is the way that leads to life. 
and few there be that find it. Uh, oh, friend, uh, amen. People aren't dumb. Uh, hey, here's two ways. Now, if you take this broad way, this wide way, and live however you want to live and enjoy all you want to do in life, uh, but at the end, there's going to be destruction. Now, over here is a straight gate, a narrow way, a way of denying self, a way that's going to be a battle every day. But at the end is life eternal. Now, which one do you want? Well, of course. But you see, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of so many people. Amen. And they're flocking into that wide gate, that broad way. Thank God, as the old song says, I have found the way. I have found the way, not another way. I have found the way that if I stay on it and deny self, one day I'm going to hear him say, well done. Well done. How much are we denying self in our daily walk? I'm afraid there's so many people pray in the morning if they pray. Now, God, here are my plans for the day. Here are my plans for the week. Would you just tag along with me and help it all to come to fruition? Instead of praying, God, what are your plans for me today, Lord? Lord, I read in your word, it's not in me to guide and direct my own footsteps. Oh, God, but I need you to lead me and to guide me. I don't know when it was, Pastor Glover, but in my later years of ministry, I'm making confession now. It's good for the soul. <laughs> Parents would come and say, we want to dedicate our baby to the Lord. And it's a nice ceremony. It's, it's all together, as President Lincoln said, fitting and proper that we do that. But I began to realize I'm afraid there's so many of those parents that the real true meaning of what's going on just goes over their head. You say, what do you mean, Brother Churchill? Because I see <laughs> as they're approaching their last year of high school or so, suddenly they're very concerned about what their child is going to do. Amen. And so many times... Uh, Oh, 
I want them, you know, to, to be a doctor. I want them to be a lawyer. I, I want them to be an engineer. I want them to be a dentist and all these other things. And so many times you don't hear them say, oh, I'd love to see them be a missionary. I'd love to see them be involved in the ministry. Amen. And finally, one time I said to the parents, I said, yes, uh, we'll dedicate this baby to God. But I want you to know it's not just for this particular Sunday. Uh, it's for that child's entire life. Uh, Hannah said, God, you give me a man child and, and I'll give him back to you all the days of his life. Uh, amen. Brother Mike, uh, one day your parents dedicated you to the Lord. And thank God you're sitting on a pew today. Thank God there's a desire to serve God. Amen. Ingalls, thank God you dedicated her to the Lord. But it's to the end of her life. Amen. I want God to have his way. Oh, God. Everywhere I turn, it seems, there's the pampering of self, the flesh. People want an easy, carefree walk with God. Sister Glover, an old, old song comes to mind. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. And my cross does not fit your shoulders, Brother Norm. And your cross does not fit Brother Engel's shoulders. Brother Alex, your cross does not fish, uh, fit Brother Rick's shoulders. We've all got our individual crosses. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. Over the years, uh, there have been times that I've wanted maybe in the flesh to go somewhere. And I start and suddenly, uh, amen. Why can't I? Suddenly I realize this cross I'm bearing. Uh, if I'm going to go there, I'm going to have to lay it down. Uh, oh, friend, my cross won't let me go places. Uh, my cross will help me uh, to deny the flesh. Uh, oh, God, I pray that this cup would pass from me, the Lord prayed. Uh, but nevertheless, not my will. Uh, thine be done. Uh, Oh, would we pray afresh and anew every day. Uh, Lord, not my will. All right. What things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Do count them but dung. Why, Paul? That I may win Christ. Oh, God. That second chorus we sang today. Mm. I said, thank you, Jesus. Had no idea they were going to sing that chorus. many desire more of more of God we all do and the spirit is very willing but oh the flesh is so very weak <laughs> brother Walker those 
nights, you're fast asleep, and suddenly you're wide awake. There's, you know, you're, you're just wide awake, and you feel an urge. It's time to pray. And the flesh says, no, it's time to sleep. It's the middle of the night. And so a battle is fought for a few minutes. Finally, roll out of bed down by your bedside. Sometimes you have no idea what you're praying for. missionary was on his way to a jungle village. Couldn't get there by car. And so he was riding a bike. And on his way, he had to go through a town. And then the outskirts of the town, as he drew nigh, Two men were involved in a fight. And one man was definitely getting the very worst of it. And finally, the victor gave him a kick, walked away. Missionary pulled his bike over, knelt down, and brought the man back to consciousness began to bandage and take care of his wounds and helped him to where he could get up and go on his way. The missionary went on his way and he had to spend the night out in the, as Brother Blackshear would say, out in the pucker brush. And he camped. And the next day he went on to the village and ministered there and then a couple weeks later he came back and when he came to that town the man he helped was sitting there and he jumped up and went over to the missionary missionary smiled and said how are things he said things are good but he said I have a confession to make and the missionary said what said, when you came and helped me a couple weeks ago, he said, I noticed after you got me on my feet and things, I noticed all the medical supplies you had in your saddlebags. And after you left, I thought, wow, I could make a lot of money. And so he said, I got four of my friends and we followed you to where you made camp. Missionary said, yeah. And he said, just after you went into your tent, he said, we slithered up and we were about to pounce and run into your camp area. And suddenly we saw around your camp, I counted them, 19 soldiers. 
And he said, I apologize. He went on his way. The missionary thought, wow. The missionary came home on deputation and he was at a particular church and he was telling this instance. And in the midst of telling it, a man jumped up in the congregation and said, what date was that and what time was that? The missionary thought and finally they got it together. He said, I was on the 13th tee box playing golf that day and about to tee off and the Holy Ghost spoke to me so strongly and said, go to the church and pray. And he turned and he said, those men that I contacted to come pray with me, would you stand? And 18 other men stood up. Amen. Hallelujah. Friend, I'm telling you, if you will deny self, if you will live after the Spirit, God uses you in miraculous ways that you're not even aware of sometimes. And only eternity will tell. Kind of hard. The 13th tee box just say, hey, I'm done, fellas. How do you do it, preacher? It's really very easy. All you have to do is have a funeral every day. That's all. Again, Jesus doesn't make it difficult. Paul said, hey, it's not hard. Just die daily. Have you died today? Oh, I've come to church and I felt the presence of God. I, I didn't ask you. I asked you if you died today. Have you found some place today where you've taken the flesh and the desires of the flesh and laid them on the altar? Said, here they are, God. Hallelujah. Let me walk in the spirit and I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I walk in the spirit, amen, I will deny self. I'm coming to a close. You'll have to have me back again so I can preach about the opportunity of prayer. You see, our nature, the nature we're born with is a sinful nature, inherited from Satan. It's antichrist. It's against Christ. Psalmist said he was born in sin, and in sin his mother conceived him. All have sinned, Paul said, and come short of the glory of God. Satan is the epitome of a self-willed creature. Isaiah 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, 
I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Notice those I wills. I'll ascend into heaven. I'll exalt my throne. I'll sit also. I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. But what are the results? Isaiah said, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. Isn't it amazing how that innocent, darling child so quickly dis displays that I will nature? One of the first words the little darling learns is no. How quickly they exert their wills and want it done their way. And there are so many people that spiritually never grow out of that stage. What will it do for me? What will I get out of it? Yeah, I'll scratch your back, but you've got to scratch mine some way. So many people go through life thinking it has to be their way. In reality, the only place you can have it your way in this life is at Burger King. Oh, God. Anybody ever hear of a entertainer by the name of Frank Sinatra? Hmm? One of his greatest hits was a song entitled what? I'll do it my way. And as I was studying and contemplating last night, I brought it up on YouTube. And he was not the young entertainer, but he was at towards the end. Sang that song. And at the close, I mean, the people all stood to their feet and they cheered and they clapped. Did it my way. I am not the judge, friend. But I wonder if we could bring Frank Sinatra back today, Brother Mike. I wonder, Mr. Sinatra, would you stand here and sing again? 
I did it, and I will do it my way. Friend, according to the word of God, I'm telling you, if you go through life constantly trying to do it your way, uh, you're doing it the devil's way. Uh, I said you're doing it Satan's way. Uh, but if I will deny self, hallelujah, can we stand? Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> can I take my liberty and invite you today? Praise God. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. But to get more of him, there's got to be less of me. I've got to put me out of the way. I've got to put me on the altar so that I can gain more of him.